0: to all my guys gals and non-binary pals of audio podcast land and welcome to the I guess premiere episode of Duskvale a monster of the week actual play podcast I am so excited to finally be jumping into the campaign proper this is going to be a great time it's going to be chaotic it's going to be good and uh, yeah my players will be on their best behavior I am your lore keeper for this game, Mikey. You can follow me all over the socials personally at Pop Culture Geek, but you can also follow us at Vibe Tribe Productions all over the interwebs. Why should you follow us? I'll tell you why, because you want to make sure you follow us so you can stay up to date on every project we got going on for season two, from all the actual plays to a couple of regular pop culture podcasts, including podcasts that talk about diversity. Wrestling and four teachers who've had it with the education system, and we just talk massive amounts of chicanery and shenanigans. It's a it's tomfoolery, it's a wild time. It's great though. But as always, with most of these projects, I am never alone in this endeavor. I have my amazing cast of players tonight, so really quickly, we're gonna go around, we're gonna have them introduce themselves. A, a little bit about who they are plug any socials or projects they got going on and for tonight's question what is y- your favorite monster movie and or TV show and if you can't just pick one just give me a couple oh yeah we're going to be doing this for this season it's going to be a good time the dice gods have decided before the recording started that eeny meeny money mo I love you Sutphin but you shall be the first to go <laughs>
1: I'm okay with that. I think it's, this is m- maybe part of my hazing of uh, season two. <laughs> and Chris, whichever. Mostly something because of name conflicts with the other games that I'm associated with this season. But uh, you can you can find me socials Cosmos Prefect on TikToks. Anything else is under parky t- dot TV because I still have Parkinson's. Favorite monster movie. Man, that's you're coming up with some hard-hitting questions here, Mikey. If I'm going to be honest, if any of the Godzilla movies, old and new, I enjoy them most. So.
0: That is very fair, and that is an excellent choice, my friend. Alrighty, next person to give their introduction, new to season two, but at this point, probably not new to all of y'all, if you checked out the other projects recently, is Connor. <laughs>
2: Hi! Uh, yep, I'm Connor. I am new to Season 2. You can find me on Vibe Tribe Productions for A Walk Among Gods, Lighthearted, as well as here on Duskvale. You can't find me anywhere else on social media. I wish. It could be different, but it can't. So sorry. One day I'll reveal why on social media, but you won't be able to find it. Very excited about this particular episode and whole run of episodes for this game. I love Monster of the Week. Besides being a sucker for kaiju movies, my all-time favorite monster movie is Tremors. From 1990, featuring Kevin Bacon. And it's one of the greatest movies ever created. And that's all I have to say about that.
3: That
0: is amazing. The nostalgia that Tremors brings. It's such a good time. Alrighty, next to introduce themselves to the listening audience is going to be the one and only Panda.
4: (laughs) Hello, I'm Panda. Only real social media you can probably find me at is on TikTok at ValkyriePanda97. If I had to choose a series, I don't think it's not even a movie series; it's a book series. Does that still count? So this technically yes. part. This is technically yes. part. So the technically part of a current. I think it's a current, actually. Anyway, so there's two. I guess they'd be considered sister series because they're in the same universe, but it's two different stories. Is the the Mercy Thompson series and the Alpha and Omega series they're really good they are yes they're romance novels but they take an interesting spin on the whole werewolf thing and the pack ideology and just in general they take it and it's yeah here's what it is but we're taking it a step further and it's be it's a completely different like hierarchy thing and it's interesting how they do that with without straying from how the werewolf pack mentality would be. So it's a good series. I recommend if that is something you like, I recommend looking into them. I wanna say it's a Patricia Briggs series. Do not quote me on the author because it has been forever since I've actually held one of the books.
0: Excellent. We have Vibe try support local authors because reading is what? Fundamental. <laughs> Finally joining us because
4: oh, sorry, you know, and pick up
0: Exactly. Finally. Joining us finally with the rest of the cast because he had a miss last time we were all together, but I still love him. How dare he? But I'm super excited. He's one of the homies, he's been rocking with me since day one. You are all familiar with him, the one and only JC.
5: How's it going? I'm JC or Jace. You can find me on TikTok at JC Vanguard. I'm in a couple other projects with DD Vibe Tribe. You may be familiar. It's called the Deep, Tavern Tales. Uh, Does fail this one. We did have. Please remind me. Red Harvest. That was another one we were in. But uh, I'm looking forward to playing this. It looks like we have a really good cast of characters here. It's going to be more chaotic than I think Mikey understands. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. The character I'm playing, by the way, is Mason Smith. Ooh, we'll get
0: into. Yeah, we'll get into him in a little bit because I'm super excited. <laughs> and of course, last but certainly not least for this session. He's also been rocking with me from day one, a little bit less time than JC, but this man's has been involved with a lot of things. He is currently involved in a lot of fun for season two. He is also another homie, the one and only Dakota. <laughs>
3: hey, I am Dakota Orish. I'm playing character in this here game. You can also find me playing in Call of the Deep, Crystal City, The Academy, and Tavern Tales. I think that's it. As well as on Mondays over in ADH Adventures, playing in God's of Phase 2 with Mikey. So, favorite monster movie, huh? I'll be honest, I don't watch, like, a lot of monster movies. I did enjoy Tremors a lot. Like, it's definitely up there, right? Like, Tremors is really good. I liked, like, the original Alien. That one was pretty good. Yeah, not a ton in my repertoire, but, you know.
0: Yeah. Speaking of which, Jace, what about you?
3: (laughs) I forgot mine. So, mine is the
5: Comically stupid with comic continuity, always retconning every time, is Evil Dead. The continuity does not follow itself, but my gosh, is it a good series!
0: <laughs> Evil Dead is so good. Okay, before we jump into tonight proper, I should probably, because I like to set a good example. So let me go with mine. So I love me a good, oh, I love me a good monster and or horror and or supernatural film. Especially when all three can intersect in some point. But funny enough, so probably my favorite movie would have to be. I really enjoy the Scream series. So, cause that was my first introduction to like suspense and horror. And there's something very terrifying about the killer not being a supernatural monster, but an actual psychotic human being, like an actual human being. <laughs> and yeah.
5: It, to be fair, it's they becoming- are the worst monsters.
0: Yeah, they can be. One was great. Two is my favorite. Three was okay. Four, we don't talk about it, but I am enjoying the reboot that they're doing. I'm a little worried about this new one coming out in March, but I hope it's good. It's going to be interesting having Scream not take place in a small little town, but a big city, so that's going to be interesting. But I will keep you all updated on that at a later time. Alrighty. Unfortunately, we are missing a player tonight. Our lovable professor, as he has become known in Vibe Tribe, John Crosswaite, unfortunately could not be here tonight. But do not fret, he will be here when we reconvene next episode. And I'm super excited, but you can find him all over the TikToks at John Crosswaite. Go check his stuff out. Very good storyteller. Also posting random stuff on the internet is really fun too. You can also catch him on the Biconics Wrestling Podcast. Oh, man. If you think this is chaotic, you should go listen to that wrestling podcast because it's out of control.
3: (laughs) Do you need this? As a listener, can confirm. It's very good.
0: Yeah, and as JC was also saying, too, you can hear the professor on Call of the Deep as our human rogue, Fila, as well as every other NPC that I have asked him to voice because he is a man of many talents. And he has ingrained that character's He has ingrained those characters into our brains, so that's always a good time. (laughs) Oh my gosh, stop it. I finally got it out of my head. (laughs) Don't put it back in there. With that out of the way, let's jump into tonight proper. So before we begin our foray into the small sleepy town of Duskvale, there is a little bit of character creation that we need to finish. If you listened to the short episode last time, listening audience that I ran character creation with JC and we've come up with most things. But now that everybody or the majority of everybody is here, we're going to finish the history portion of the character creation and tie Jace's character to everyone and vice versa. This is going to be magical. So let me grab my book real quick. See, you mentioned it in your introduction, but why don't you repeat who your character is, and the playbook that you decided to go with for this campaign.
5: Because I heard names thrown around, I changed my name a little bit, because I heard a lot of European names, or just foreign names, so I threw out... Mason Smith is my character. He is the expert of the playbook group. The only thing I'm trying to figure out is what we need to replenish, but he's pretty cool, in a sense. At least me. So, and... In- my sense of making this is kind of like Bobby from Supernatural. So he knows things. He's seen some shit.
4: Seen some shit, huh?
5: Oh, yeah.
0: So, what we're going to do real quick is we need to go through <laughs> tying in history between JC and the rest of you all. And then you all have one more history question that you need to connect with JC. So, we're going to start. With the former. So we're going to go through and JC, we're going to start off with you. So if you take a look at your playbook, the last bit of your playbook before the luck and the harm is your history. So the way that this is going to work, JC, is that you have a list of prompts and connections that you can choose for any of the characters. We're going to go around the table. You need to pick one connection for every single other hunter. Or player. Hunter is what the game calls players in Monster of the Week. So let's start with so JC I'm going to let you decide which person do you want to start off with to make a connection and ask them a history question.
5: To be fair I know nothing of their characters so that's hard to place that. Okay so let's go over this real quick. It's a cool thing I have notes you guys. Or maybe I do. It's Crazy. Crazy that the DM has note, also the note taker for everybody. Great. Right.
0: <laughs> Notes. <laughs> Dang, okay. Ladies, you're both beautiful. You, we don't need to fight. <laughs> Alrighty, so really quick, JC. So character names, I'll leave it up to them, but I can't give you playbooks. So Panda is playing the action scientist playbook. So think of mad scientists, essentially. Dakota is the spell slinger. So they be knowing all the magics and the spells and be slinging them all over the place like it's going out of style. Sutfin is, I'm interested in this, how this goes RP wise. Sutfin is playing the wrong playbook. So also has seen some shit and is on a
3: quest for revenge. <laughs> That's dope, actually, because he's like Sam and Dean, right? And Jace is playing Bobby. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a great time. The
0: Professor John, he is playing the Chosen. So some deity, god, other being, whatever you want to call it, has chosen his character for a purpose. What that is yet, we don't know. And I'm so excited to work with him to figure that out. Connor is playing probably one of my favorite playbooks, the Spooky. So this is a person with supernatural powers and they are... Depending on how things go and how impulses and influences happen, it can go either to the light or the dark side with these powers. They are an untapped reservoir of potential for good and a potential for absolute chaos. It is absolutely beautiful. So those are the other players in their playbooks. So which person would you like to start with? And again, this is collaborative, so...
5: Y'all are working together with the
4: Spooky, um, aka the person we just throw random shit at and just watch it float around there.
5: So I want to go with the mad scientist being the one that they want to help me get a singular item that was now part of my haven. So I'm going to go with a book of lore that I needed. So Panda would be the one who got me a book of lore that I needed to put into my haven so I have some more knowledge that I need to fill out. For John Crossways being the chosen one, is that, what I, is that right?
0: He is the chosen.
5: I'm going to have him. They came to me for advice and the advice got them out of, out of a jam. And it's supposed to, I'm supposed to ask them what that trouble was. So when John gets here, he could do that or not. That's what I have for him. Who's the like one that jumps between bad and good. So that would be our spooky. Connor. So Connor, I'm going to have go as the, they know about some of your dark secrets, but they've agreed to keep them quiet for now. Cause it makes sense for what it is. I, Oh,
0: So, before you move on, this is the fun part. So, that second part of that is tell them what they know. So, you need to tell Connor. I will
5: tell them later. (laughs) No, that's not how this works.
0: (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. If you want to.
5: Then everyone's going to know the dark secret. He needs to know separately.
0: Fine. Just make sure at some point you DM me so I'm aware of it. I'll three-way you in, baby. Don't worry about it. It's a good thing we're past the two-minute mark. (laughs) Don't shake your head, Dakota. You knew what you signed up for.
5: (laughs) So... I don't want. I don't know how to put in. So I guess the other, the brother of Connor, in the that would be
0: Dakota's character.
5: I guess we're gonna have him as a a ward or apprentice, in a sense, because it's just it's it's my options, buddy. I ain't got much. So So you guys are both Sam
3: and Dean here. I, I think it works out. I could definitely come to you for like monster information. That's like part of the whole wizarding thing, right? I rely on knowledge. So, I think that's fair.
5: Okay. So, there's that. So, my other ones that I have are you were previously both members of an eldritch group, now disbanded. Ask them why they left and then tell them why I did. You were taught by the same master, and I saved their life in a tight spot. Those are the open ones. So, I don't know what Ruffton wants to do. Ruffton Ruffton thinks would be a good idea. Set fin. Names and things I have problems with. Give me a minute. I'll get it. So, yeah. So there's a couple of options.
0: Uh, there's also this one that's fun. A distant relation. Tell them exactly what you were previously both members of an Eldridge group. Now disbanded. Ask them why they left. Then tell them why you did. You were taught by the same master. Ask them how it ended. And you saved their life in a tight spot. Tell them what happened
5: yeah i don't know which one to choose for that what do you think would be a good idea i'm
1: looking back over how the others to say i would imagine maybe i'd say the first two either the same master or we were both in the same group
4: I would just like to say, I like how at this point, like half the party's related, <laughs> we're all, like dis- we're all like distant relations, like character one part, one of my distant relations thought I was dead and apparently I'm not. Another one is a distant relation as well. Like we're just, apparently we're all just distant cousins or some shit. Apparently.
5: Yeah. I'm trying not to do exactly do that. I guess let's do the uh, members of an Eldritch group, if anything. Okay. <laughs> so why did you leave the Eldritch group?
1: Mm, they pissed me
0: off. Honestly, that is a perfect answer.
5: <laughs> you were there the only you were the only one keeping it fun, so I left. <laughs> cool. Oh my gosh, I'd love that.
0: All right. Am I missing anybody? Nope, that's it. Because there's a total of six players, but you <laughs> will have five everyone has five connections because you can't really have a connection with yourself.
5: Or maybe hey, hey, I have what a connection with myself every other night. Stop it. Today's
4: episodes of shit I didn't need to fucking hear. (laughs) I could have gone the rest of the day without hearing.
5: Welcome to hell.
0: (laughs) This is going to be great.
4: This is paradise compared to hell. Let's be honest.
0: Speaking of paradise, this is going to be my fun part. So now that you've done the connections with everyone, they need to make connections with you. (laughs) Okay. So they are going to choose questions from their playbook, and y'all are going to work together to figure out that connection. So you may have picked him last on your playbook, but we're going to have Sutfin go first. So Sutphin, let the wronged, let's take a look and see what kind of connection you might have with our expert.
1: I'm going to say being an, being the expert and my personal quest for vengeance, revenge, killing everything. You showed me the ropes when I was learning how to fight. So I figured technique-wise for different creatures, monsters, beings, whichever. So.
5: I'll take it. I don't know about you guys, but via the PDF thing, I'm able to highlight different colors and write their names next to it so that I remember the history.
0: Excellent. I love that. Alrighty, so that takes care of fins. Dakota, why don't we go with you next? So the spell slinger.
3: What so I, I think we're gonna double down and I'm gonna go with the the mentor from another life. Ask them what they taught you. So say, Yeah, maybe you taught me about monsters and stuff before I was like really into the before I disappeared on the whole magical thing that I disappeared on.
5: So what Watch, did you, I storyteller.
3: Yeah, what did you teach me?
5: About Wendigos. Wendigos?
4: Okay. This just, just went for the most your name calls you monster you could think of, huh?
5: The first monster that popped in my head.
0: Yes. I'm telling you, funny enough, the lore of Wendigos is actually very terrified. Trust me. It is.
5: <laughs> very. It is. Very fucked up.
4: <laughs> it, the- it is. You, just When you get a chance, look up the lore on the Wendy boys. Oh. It is terrifying.
3: Would recommend to anybody that is interested in Wendigos, go play Until Dawn. Oh, yes. No, thank
4: you. No. Fucking you
3: can't hear me
4: I myself, but No. <laughs> no fucking thank you. I will pass on that. That is very bad advice. Fuck you.
5: This is great.
0: Alrighty, so that takes care of That's to- how you yeah. give
4: us nightmares. Are you trying to give us nightmares? Because that is the worst idea ever. I don't know what you're talking about. It's a great idea. Good game.
0: It really is. The quarry is actually pretty fun, too. Not as...
4: <laughs> you know damn what the okay. fuck you're doing. Damn what you're doing.
5: Yes, giving me ideas. <laughs> Ooh, High intense stuff like Can- that. If, so when I was playing Gears and it was getting really high intense in Gears 5, I was like, I need someone to play with because this is getting really fucked
3: up. Can we start in a, a mansion up in the hills? By an I just want to say... Place? I just want to say,
4: what's going to happen, I feel like the first meet is because half of us know each other already, or we're distantly related, or half of us think the other person is dead or whatever. We're all just going to turn the corner, it's going to be the Spider-Man you meme. Just like, six different Spider-Mans, they're just you. We We need to make that, we need someone to actually make that into a meme, specifically for this campaign, just because.
5: So Dakota, if you want to start somewhere, I do actually have a sanctuary or a haven that is pretty much kitted out as a prepper shelter. So there's shipping containers as the basement. So that would be the difference. There's a med unit down there. There's an armory and all the stuff down in the basement area. There's like a normal little shack upstairs. And then there's some stuff off to the side. So if you want to start somewhere, we can start in the haven. That's all dependent upon Mikey, but Oh, don't worry. I got plans for all that. This is going to be fun.
4: <laughs> that tone, Mikey, that tone and that face is just, okay, I'm not terrified of Mikey's plans for where how, where, and how we're going to meet. As long as we're not meeting over of a monster and talking over a carcass, I'm fine with it.
0: Not yet. Not in the prologue.
4: I like how you were just like, no, that's not in the plans. Not yet, anyway. That's
5: next episode.
0: Alrighty, so let's see... All right, so let's jump to Connor and let's go with the spooky.
2: Okay, I chose, so I have a couple of options. And I I don't want to make us blood kin because I feel like there's too much familial relation. And I don't want to make us married or romantically involved because I feel like it's not time yet. But maybe we'll get there. We'll see how the podcast goes. This isn't lighthearted. My bad. So sorry. So what I wanted to do is you've known each other for some time, but since your powers manifested, you keep them at a distance emotionally. And I think that works really well with you being an expert in monster hunting and my character developing monster-like abilities or powers would probably set up some red flags. I, I think it also
3: our history together. Yeah, it yeah, works really well because we can just say you and I knew him when we were young, right? Like when we were super exactly. young. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think there's a lot of like mentorship opportunities here. And I think how that changes with the different playbooks, I think that's going to be really interesting and really fun.
0: Oh, yes. Yes. All righty. So then finally, Jace, at least for now. The last person is our action scientist. So, Panda, why don't you see what question works for
4: Jace? Technically, I have four left, but I crossed one out because it is one that I absolutely refuse because I hate the trope so much because it's so overdone. It's the on-again, off-again romantic bullshit. It is so fucking overdone because every fucking thing has the oh we're on again off again but we're in the office and i'm like you're fuck buddies you're not on again off again you're fuck buddies get it right micah you look me in my face and tell me i'm wrong but i hate that so much because it is so overdone everybody does the trope and i hate it so much so i refuse to use it
0: so which one which of the three that are left left?
4: that are left is you were academic colleagues at some point in the past Decide between you when and where. You've been friends ever since you had a science adventure a while ago. Tell them what evil science. Fucking okay, just like to see that. Nem- nemesis you defeated together. They were there when you changed, when your career changed from scientist to action scientist. Decide between you how they helped you out when you fought your first monster. You're the monster expert, right?
5: It is in his title as the expert. So, from the two that I liked from you was the first one being the academic colleagues or the one where I was there when I helped you catch your first That's piece.
4: what I was thinking because they seem to go with your character. Both seem to go with your character personality, not so much the science adventure one because anything can be deemed a science adventure, really.
5: True. I really like the last one, if it, in a sense. So, what was the first beast we caught? Ooh. What was the first beast we caught? Well, we, we may I as
4: well go can. with what we're talking about, Wendigo. Sure. And that is, that, I could English today, that would be fucking wonderful. The, going up against the Wendigo is what basically flipped the switch to go from scientists to action scientists Because I feel like at some point we kind of had to basically use a gun in a way that it wasn't intended to be used to kind of defeat it, which would make (laughs) Frankie's face. Like, so here's a gun. You're not supposed to use it this way because if you do it this way, it's going to either hurt you or if you point it this direction, it's going to hurt them. And I'm like, so let's do this because we need to kill this thing.
5: So we could go off the way the supernatural did to defeat the first Wendigo, which was a. I've flare never gun. seen an
4: episode of Supernatural. So, I have zero clue about it. So
5: <laughs> I'm, t- I'm trying to explain it. The first, when they first dealt with the <laughs> Wendigo, they used a flare gun to set it a, fuck, a blaze. So in a sense, if you're talking gun wise, why don't we use the flare gun that set it ablaze?
4: Makes sense. So we can do that. Baller. You are the expert, right?
5: Yep. So I'm just writing. I'm writing everyone three
3: times. I'm right. Actually, no. I've only
5: seen up to season eight. The one who's seen Supernatural three times was that
3: one. And also, I've only seen up to season seven or season eight, so I'm right there with you. I do enjoy it. It's a good show.
0: Oh yeah, Supernatural was a fun ride. It was a good time for the era. But my heart still belongs to the OG of monster TV shows for me as a child of the '90s: Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
4: So, fun fact, and Angel. this is I, 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 feel, I feel like I, as a 90s, end of the 90s baby, do not do the 90s justice. I have never seen a single episode of Buffy.
0: It's a good time. Angel is a lot of fun, too. <laughs> it's really rude.
5: But if we're going to go with, like, the most monsters, the most things that you've seen before Supernatural, it would have to be Charmed. Saw the most monsters, oh. saw the most demons, saw the most everything for the most part.
4: Yeah, everybody's talking about charmed and buffy, natural, and I'm just like, I've not seen any of these things. The only thing I have to go off of is True Blood, which doesn't really have a. I've read the books. I've read the books. Let me be I read the books. I've watched a bit of the TV show, so I kind of. That's why I'm like, I haven't really watched a lot of TV shows, so I'm going to refer to a book series I know because I have uh, no TV series see under my Jane belt. Wolf?
0: Now it depends because there were the movies and then there was the MTV show. <laughs> I like both. MTV
4: but show. I did not watch the TV show for one simple reason. There were people in my school who did the same. Oh, this is my personality now. Like the people with Twilight. Oh, <laughs> Team Jacob and I'm like Team Edward and Team Jacob are not your personality, Susan. We're not doing that.
5: so everybody
4: i grew up in a kind of a small town dying town that had a dying steel mill so like anything that people get that could find that gave the nostalgia they're like this is mine this is my personality fuck you (laughs) like literally
0: nice all right dang that completes that little portion so what we will do jace is next time next recording Before we get into the session, you and John will finish off the histories. So I'm very, very interested to see how that goes. That's going to be a great time. But with that out of the way.
4: We have six players, so we should have five
0: connections. Not including
4: ourselves. Okay, I just want to make
0: sure. Mm -hmm. No, that is all good. Now, with that out of the way, why don't we jump straight into Duskavale, shall we? Let's go. All righty. So let me paint this picture for you. As the camera, so to speak, opens up on our opening shot, we see a panoramic viewpoint of the early morning in a of the small little town located in Washington, NAS Duskvale. As the sun begins to touch down onto the shadows of Duskvale itself and begin to light up the little Touristy trap town of Duskville. It's so beautiful, surrounded by forests, and big enough to be a town, but also far away and secluded enough from the major cities. So the really only people that are in Duskville are the residents, and ever so often, your weird college kids who are on there for spring break because they wanted to go backpacking through Washington and have heard the myths and the legends of Duskville. You also get the occasional people who try to locate Sasquatch, but nobody has the heart to tell them that Sasquatch up and moved and is now like chilling out in California now. But uh, people they keep the sightings up because you- people don't have the heart to tell them that Sasquatch is up and moved as residents. <laughs> but as the early morning begins, the camera kind of focuses on what seems to be a figure running through the forest. And as the camera catches up with this figure and zooms in, we get a picture of a younger woman in about uh, 18 years old. At this point, she's wearing like a typical like sweatshirt and she's wearing some denim jeans and she has some chucks on her foot. But immediately as the camera is following this individual, The camera picks up that there are scratches and marks all over her body. She looks to be sullen with dirt and grime as if she's been doing some sort of fighting into the woods and losing against the bushes and the trees. And as she kind of huffs and puffs and jumps behind a bush. She begins to slow her breath down and she's looking around ominously. As if something is following her. We don't know what quiet it is, but she begins to remain quiet. And as she slows her breathing and she just hones into her sense of hearing and sight. She picks her head up above the bushes a little bit. And as she surveys the area other than her. There doesn't seem to be anything there. But immediately as she stands up thinking the coast is clear. A shadowy kind of black hand reaches out, grabs the scruff of her hoodie and pulls her back as the camera cuts there. With the remaining shot, just this echoing scream reverberating through the forest as early morning begins to happen. So, this is going to be a lot of fun. But, as a few hours pass by, the life within Duskvale begins to awaken and people start to go about their business on their day-to-days. Now, the interesting thing of Duskvale is that to its residents and to all of the hunters in this game, everybody knows that Duskvale is a small little town in Washington that has... One of the few cities across the United States where both humans and monsters both live in somewhat of a harmonious relationship—is it perfect? Not necessarily, but the people who live in Desguel are aware of the more kind-hearted and "quote unquote" nicer monsters. And the monsters, other than tourists who are coming through the town, are out and about in the open with everything. So everyone. Knows the business, but to the outside world, they pretend that nothing really there's people who come visit. Have you seen this monster? No, you're crazy. There's no such thing here. When the residents know full well that there is. But to protect the secrecy and the private lives of the monsters, they the human beings here tend to mm, keep that information to themselves. So as the residents of Duskvale go about their day. We also find our hunters in the middle of morning routines or if they're doing something else. So what we're going to do real quick is we're going to get a quick snapshot and a little introduction to our characters of what they are up to and what they are doing. So let's start with Connor. So Connor, why don't you introduce your character a little bit about their personality, what they look like, and then give us an idea of what they're currently doing at the moment.
2: Happy to. So, you, the camera is focused on the, I guess, the main street there in Duskvale, and you see a man in his 30s in early 30s, mid 30s-walking down the street. He has a book bag under one arm and, like, a messenger bag flung over his shoulder for the other side. He fishes into the pockets of his, like, worn but still visibly black jeans. He is dressed all in black. He has a black hoodie on. He has black pants, goth clothes. He's gothy, but in that like aging millennial emo kind of way. He fishes out keys at the front of a store and opens up a bookstore and a game store and then goes inside and turns on the lights. And this is Danny Calaveras, a.k.a. Danny looks around. He does not blink very often, and he is in goth clothes as well. He sets his book bags down and sits down at the counter. And I think what he's gonna do is try to try to get some reading done before he has to open up his shop. And this is his bookshop and game shop. And he's gonna open up a an old like leather bound tome with a strange sigil on the front and try and read from its very old aged pages there at the main counter. With a coffee. A black coffee.
0: I swear this is the Necronomicon.
2: <laughs> what? No, it couldn't be that.
0: No. <laughs> so, for fun, what is the name of the shop that Danny works at?
2: <laughs> it is called, I do not think of this. It is called the Newcomers Books. Newcomers, all is one word. Newcomers Books and Games. It's a very big sign. Just-
0: Excellent. Alrighty, Danny, you said you're reading a book with mysterious sigils on it, correct?
2: Yes, yes, he is. Leather-bound book with mysterious sigils. I don't know what's in there. As a player, I don't know what's in there, but that's oh. what Danny's doing.
0: Oh, the power you have given me.
2: Yeah, that's my <laughs> gift to you. There you go. Have fun. Alrighty.
0: You know, what? let's make this interesting. <laughs> Alrighty, so Danny, you open up the book. You begin reading the manuscript so to speak now this is a book that you have read front to back multiple times nothing new but it is what it is and you swear that they weren't going to bother you this early in the morning but as you're flipping through the pages you start to see what i'm imagining you start to see the words on the page we coalesce a little bit and they start to form a face and they was Hey Danny, how's it going? Great.
2: I haven't even finished my coffee.
0: Oh, come on, Danny, don't be like that.
2: What can I do for you?
0: Eh, not nothing much. Just wanted to say hey, I'm bored. I see you reading me for the three hundredth time within the last couple of weeks or so.
2: If you would just tell me what's in you, maybe we wouldn't have to go through this all the time.
0: Oh, Danny, it's never that simple. You gotta, listen, knowledge is something that is earned. You need to figure it out
2: yourself. Danny sighs, just like that. Takes a long (laughs) drink of his coffee and continues to try to read around the face formed from the ink on the pages.
0: Oh my goodness. Danny, ever since you got this book, at first you were surprised about somebody living in this book, so to speak. It went from a curiosity to an interest to now you just want to throw them across the room half the time. They're like that roommate that you never asked for. Granted, they don't require much maintenance. It's like having a pet. They don't require much maintenance. You don't really need to feed them. But unfortunately, they are another person, so they don't pay rent. Uh, You know that this person in the book is your long... Do we want to call them a friend, acquaintance, like that annoying person? Nah, we'll just say that the person that you found in this book that continues to have conversations with you, which becomes annoying, especially when you're out in public and then they want to chime in half the time. This is this little entity inside your book is known as Apeggio. So Apeggio is going to be spelled A P A G I peggio
2: Okay, <laughs> I love it. You've given me a friend. You've given me a friend and a prop that's able to talk <laughs> with me this early. You think this isn't going to be a chaotic game, Mikey? Come on!
0: Oh no, I have plans for a Oh no good. And, yeah, and just a little bit behind the screen when I, whenever I see people play the spooky. I always love to put NPC as whatever is giving them their powers or the entity Uh that is working with them.
2: Yeah, I like that.
4: I just Um, feel like there's going to be a situation of Connor's character is going to try to have a serious conversation with somebody and then the book just chimes up. Can we get food, please? I'm fucking bored.
2: That's a form of Hegio nonsense.
4: Or the book is just sitting on the table or whatever. And it's just like... He's having a conversation with someone. Can they shut up? Their voice is annoying. Did that book just talk? No, no, you're crazy. You're crazy. Nah, that was me. I do impressions. It's great. You should see this.
2: It's a tablet.
0: It's a sentient. It's a sentient Kindle.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awful. No. I'm very excited. Yeah. I think it's going to be a fun. Yeah. Oh God. No, what could
4: possibly go car. wrong? <laughs> what could possibly go wrong from owning a sentient Kindle? What could possibly go wrong? Oh
5: as don't absolute worry.
4: sheer and utter chaos. And see, Mikey, like you say that you don't that this game is not gonna be that chaotic, yet you give him a sentient kindle. That's pretty chaotic I- if you ask me.
0: Oh, don't worry. It's only gonna get crazier as we go on. So, yeah, so Apeggio <laughs> Danny is just You keep reading the book. You're trying to focus in for the day. And Apeggio keeps talking. But half the time you just ignore him. (laughs) Don't worry. Yeah. So as the camera kind of pans out for that little scene, (laughs) it travels through the town as it passes through the rest of the residents that are on this area of Duskvale. So you see some folks opening their shots, getting in the middle of the day. In the morning, I should say, you also see very interesting things like there is there is a flower shop where you see a satyr is like pulling up the metallic grate to open it up. You also see a bunch of chalk drawings on the wall that begin to move. So you have actual children and then chalk children somehow managing to play a game together, though the chalk children are stuck in the wall a little bit. And as we continue on through the town, we find ourselves at what looks to be some sort of safe house. Jace, why don't you introduce your character? Give us a name, personality, what they look like and what they're currently doing right now. And I believe you have another hunter currently with you as well. I do. Oh, yeah, I should have told you they're going to be, but continue.
5: (laughs) Anyway, uh, my guess would be I'm sitting up for a hunt. My name's Miles. or I'm sorry, wrong game. My name's Mason. So he's going to be like an older gentleman, I would say, like, <coughs> late 40s. Gruff doesn't really give a fuck. But cares in, a, in an undertone kind of sense. Wearing just like straight utility clothes just because easier, clean. Working in the armory right now, cleaning up and getting stuff ready for the hunt. Excellent. All right,
0: and then Jason, what is Mason's last name? And this is for my notes. Smith. Okay, I went simple. Mason. Yes, Mason Smith. I love the wordplay too.
5: So Mason, well, yeah, as you, you are he's pre- an expert, you didn't specify which expert.
0: That is true. So Mason, as you are preparing and getting ready for this next hunt. Would there be a knock on the door? Do you even have a door?
5: <laughs> in a prepper sense, there's, at least in a sense of motion detectors, I should be able to at least have a screen down in my arm in good part of the area. I have a screen almost in every room that shows cameras around the facility.
0: Okay. So as you're looking at the cameras, that there is an individual that walks up to your front door. Now, as you look in the camera, you do... N- know who this individual is it is one of the people that you work with from time to time and as you are looking at this the camera kind of zooms out to the outside of the house and we get a little glimpse of dakota's character so dakota why don't you describe give it your character's name personality what they look like and why are they here
3: okay okay so this is Max Calaveras. He is brothers with Connor's character. He is wearing a like kind of old-style suit underneath a long like black trench coat, like nice shoes. Looks like he just came out of a business meeting, but the fabric's a little ruffled, almost like he's faking it. He's got slicked-back black short hair with a single strand of white through the top of it. And I imagine I'm here to... Ask about demons.
0: Most excellent. Yeah. So Max, you just knock on the door, and
5: Mason, that Max is out front. <laughs> so there's a little button under the under each intercom. In, in I'm in the armory,
3: and I'll head in.
5: Cool. So Max, right
0: as you walk in, walk up and into the armory, that Mason is preparing some sort of horse hunt as you walk in and i will let you two just roll with it what do you want now bud what
3: what do you know about demons which ones that's a great question also what do you know about learning what type of demons it is
5: bookshelf in the library third third shelf fourth book in on the right
3: Yeah, so I'll head up and grab that.
5: All right.
0: You know what? Do I want to do this? Yes, I absolutely do. (laughs) Max, as you go to the shelf and you pull out the book, you are attempting to see what information you can glean from the book about learning more about the types of demons. So here's what I would like you to do. This is going to be really fun. I would like for you to roll me what stat do I want to make you roll? You know what? I'm going to have you, just for the sake of it, I'm going to have you roll your sharp, right? Yep. So I'm going to have you roll your plus sharp. The way that Monster of the Week works for my players and for the listening audience, Monster of the Week is using the Powered by the apocalypse system, so the only dice you ever need is a 2d6. So, Dakota, you're going to roll plus sharp, and whatever modifier you have for that particular rating on your skill set, you're going to either add or subtract, (laughs) depending on what it is.
3: How about a six?
0: (laughs) Oh, buddy. (laughs) So, let me explain how this happens. So in Monster of the Week, there are three possibilities that you can potentially come up with. They are divided into the following categories. If you roll a 10 or more, that is an absolutely stellar success. So everything goes as planned. Nothing too bonkers happens. A 7 to 9 is a soft success with some complications depending on the skill being used. A 6 or less. Failure. But here's the beautiful thing. So Dakota, you have failed the role, but go ahead and mark experience on your sheet because in Monster of the Week, anytime a hunter fails a roll, they mar- get to mark experience. And once they've reached enough experience, they are able to level up. <laughs> so this is what happens. So, Max, as you are reading this book, Danny did tell you not to stay up too late every time you study before whatever it is that you're doing. And so you start feeling the residual effects of, I don't know, not sleeping a lot. And plus, as you're combing through the book, what Mason failed to tell you is that books is written in some sort of dead language. So it's like the book is written in Latin and you your Latin skills are not the greatest at the moment.
5: (laughs) You have it as old Germanic.
0: Oh, okay. then let's just go with that. It's Old Germanic. (laughs) And you're just like, ha, huh, I should have asked him if we had in this particular language. So you just close the book and put it
3: back. Fair enough.
0: But obviously, if you would want to come back later, you obviously can. So what do you do next, Max? I don't
3: know. I'm probably. I'll probably just leave and go grab some food. Hungry.
0: Honestly, that's a mood right now. <laughs>
3: awesome. Alrighty, nice so. food
5: supplies.
0: Awesome. Alrighty. So as Max leaves Mason's residence, the camera kind of zooms past through a little bit. And now we catch a glimpse of what looks to be an individual in some sort of laboratory of some kind. Panda, why don't you give us an introduction to your character, what their name is, what they look like and what they are currently doing at the moment.
4: On oh, mute buttons. I feel great. It's a great fucking day. Okay, let's try this again. My character is the action scientist, a.k.a. the mad scientist. His name is Dr. Cameron Verusenschafter. or Cam for short. <laughs> sorry, Weizenschafter. I'm sorry, Weizenschafter. He is currently, he's currently tinkering like he's not supposed to be, like he was told not to on his atomic pistol. But he's like, fuck you, I do what I want and is doing it anyway. Safely, but still doing what he's not told not to do. He is working in a lab with others currently, and he is getting annoyed that someone is touching his things. He's currently holding something that looks looks like a knife, but isn't a knife, so to speak. He's pointing at the individual, if you touch my fucking tools, I'm taking your damn finger. Leave my shit alone. As he goes back to working on what he's doing. Without looking up, by the way, he's he's basically like this. He's like tinkering, touch my tools. I'm taking a fucking finger. Leave my shit alone. Goes back to tinkering. Just like without missing a beat, he's tired. Ty- okay, he's tired of his tools going missing, and as soon as he needs that tool, it's never there. So he's stopped lending out his tools because nobody ever gives them back. It's not that hard to get your own fucking tools at the tool stop at the tool shop. But he's just tinkering on his atomic pistol, pretty much. And right. is listening to Ravstein while doing it through headphones because, of course,
0: excellent. All righty. So, Cam, as you are currently working on your atomic pistol, you hear the kind of pitter patter of some footsteps approaching your workstation, and as you look up, because you mentioned that you're working in the lab with other people at the moment, in comes. I guess the official term would be your supervisor, so to speak, or your boss in a way, but not in the traditional sense. So this individual is a older gentleman. Basically, the best way to describe him is he's wearing like very pink. He's wearing like these hot pink like slippers and just sweatpants. Are are, are they bunny
4: slippers? I have to know. Are they the bunny slippers with the ears?
0: Oh, of course.
4: (laughs) Because, you know, it's it's, it's not a complete... I don't give a shit. I just rolled the fuck out of bed and came to work without the pink bunny slippers with the ears. Specifically with the ears.
0: Exactly. So they got those. (laughs) They got the sweatpants on. They're wearing like a regular t-shirt with the lab coat. They have the ID over their neck. They also have a sleep mask resting on their forehead a little bit. But also they have this crazy big poofy like salt and pepper gray kind of hair situation going on. It's literally if you took a palm tree and turned it into some hair and that is just how chaotic it is up there. And they come walking. (laughs) Sorry. Yep. And as they come walking up, you also hear what seems to be. Them drinking some sort of juice box at the same time as well.
4: So As Cameron's tinkering, he's like, what the fuck do you want? I'm busy. And just slowly looks over. Annoyed <laughs> as shit. that he had to pause, take his headphones off, and pause his music for this. He is that well, mad scientist. He's mad he's got to pause his music for this shit. Good,
0: mo- good morning to you too, Cam. So, in front of you, just to give you a name, this is Dr. Graham. So... G-R-A-M, so that kind of gram. So, Dr. Graham is technically your supervisor, so to speak. They are also the person that runs this little section of the lab. And Dr. Graham is just still sipping on their juice boxes. Good morning to you, too, Cam. Cam
4: (laughs) Cam is just looking at him like, what do you want? It's too fucking early, and I've already had two people try to swipe my tools. The fuck do you want? I'm busy.
0: I'm just doing my rounds. You can learn to be a little nicer with in your work. Just saying.
4: I will learn to be nicer when people learn to stop taking my shit and not giving it back. When I get it... my shit back, I will be nicer. I've had two wrenches go missing today alone. Three? Three pliers. Three pliers. I'm sick of not having my tools when I fucking need them. I wouldn't have a problem lending out my tools if I got them back. But I have a problem of every day I have to bring in tools that I didn't get back the day before because nobody gives my shit back. So I don't have it when I need it. It's kind of frustrating.
0: Dr. Graham's just like, was it Brody again? Did he did you did he borrow a tool? And never fucking return Brody. it again.
4: It's always fucking Brody. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you go to his fucking station. You will find every curing machine that we have fucking lost here. Every coffee pot, every tool that everybody has lent out. Because I guarantee you his workstation is a fucking black hole that everything just ends up there. I'm tired of running my shit out. Nobody gets to use my shit. I know my stuff is the best in our area. I'm not letting anyone use my shit because of Brody. Brody ruined that for everybody. I've alone this week spent $300 on tools to replace my tools. I'm tired of doing that. It's bullshit. Utter fucking bullshit. And I don't get reimbursed for it. Because I got told that it's not something I can send to HR to get reimbursed for. When an employee is the one not giving my shit back. Seems kind of stupid rule to me if you ask me. Anyway, what's so important this early in the morning?
0: Nothing. I just was doing my rounds like I normally do. Just wanted to see how you're doing. But since you have a couple tools missing, I'll definitely go have a chat with Brody.
4: But you can carry on now missing (laughs) two weeks worth of tools that Brody has taken. One more goes missing. I'm going after Brody and I'm going to make him missing. Cam turns back to his thing, puts his music back on and just goes back to tinkering. Obviously, (laughs) he's annoyed.
0: Yeah, I could tell that Dr. (laughs) Graham just continues to sip their jukebox juice box and then continues to do their rounds. Definitely going to have a conversation with Brody later. So, as we exit the laboratory, we finally find, at least for tonight, we find the camera kind of fixated on our last hunter of the group. So, Sudfin, why don't you introduce your character to us, their name, what they look like, and what they're currently doing at the moment?
1: So, Luther Gray, and it's gray with an E, just in case. That's a long story. Is the wrong, basically. Just angry all the time. Severe coffee, caffeine addict, nicotine, just whatever. Doesn't really like to sleep much because of issues. Fairly really plainly dressed for the, we're in the Pacific Northwest. So I'm guessing a light jacket, jeans, not really, we won't say hiking boots, more along the lines of kind of a cross between maybe a logging boot and military surplus kind of thing. Just driving into town looking for coffee and breakfast at this point. Cause been up all night riding around through the woods and the back roads. And dude, he's hungry this morning. So I'm guessing he finds the cafe, diner, what you will in town and rolls in for some, some breakfast. This is going to be great. All
0: righty. So Luther Gray. With an e, <laughs> I love that.
4: So Luther, as you're rolling, specify that it's gray yep. with an e, not to be confused with gray with an a. Not,
0: not to be confused, you just got to specify, which is a great time. <laughs> Alrighty, so Luther, as you roll up to the diner, oh, this is gonna be really fun. So as you roll up to the diner after making your rounds, I guess through the forest, you walk into Shirley's diner. You frequent this establishment quite often. And, of course, as you walk in, of course, it's like your stereotypical, like, very gaudily, like, very gaudy themed after trying to recapture, like, the hot heyday of, like, 1950s, like, diners. (laughs) But as you roll in, this is like the fabric on the, the fabric on the chairs are faded. There looks to be chunks missing. It has seen some better days, but it is still a nice quaint little diner. As we walk in, there's a couple of people already there, and as you sit at your regular spot, you have the owner of this establishment, Shirley, who also doubles as the waiter. She walks over to you. Now, Shirley is a very character. She is dressed in this very bright yellow kind of waitress outfit. She has long, curly, like red hair, and she. Not she doesn't walk over to you. She roller skates to you. Right. And she just
4: why not?
0: Yes, of course. And as she stops by your table, Luther, she's "Oh, Luther. How you doing toots? What can I get
1: for you today? The same thing I've ordered the last how many ever times I've come in here. Black coffee, toast, lots of bacon, like all the bacon you have.
0: Oh, darling, if you keep a- asking for the bacon, I'm not going to have enough of my other customers. And But she leans in, but you're my favorite. So you're good to go.
1: Appreciate that.
0: All righty. See, let me get that for your tits and then I will be right back. And she goes rollerblading. Hey, yo, Randy, I got an orders for yes. <laughs> and just lists it off. Now, Luther, <laughs> I would like you. To, let's pull the trigger. I want you to roll, I want you to roll read about a situation for me. So you're going to be rolling with your sharp stats. So read a bad situation for me, please.
1: Do, let me look to see what my sharp was. So that's a plus. Okay. Where is the, and just to make sure I'm right. This is single die, correct? Or no, it's two. No. it's two, uh, huh. two, uh-huh. two decent. Hence why you said two at the beginning. <laughs> it's all good. A little sluggish today who that's a massive four
0: all righty the good news is
1: <laughs> there is no good news <laughs>
0: you do get to mark experience so that's always a good <laughs> thing oh but d but i guess that's, I guess yeah, that's I what know, happens
1: considering the roll fest from the other night
0: so yeah unfortunately because yeah Dang. listen we're going to get it out of the way because when this thing progresses, you're going to want to be successful, especially when I start throwing things at you. But unfortunately, you're kind of just chilling a little bit. And yeah, unfortunately, you're just taken in with the atmosphere that you don't quite notice until much, much later. And as your good old friend, the waitress, points out to you, she's, Can I help you? And as you turn, you just see this young woman just walk in. Basically, her appearance, her clothes are tattered and shredded. She's got a bunch of cuts and bruises all over herself. Her hair is a complete mess and draped over her face. So imagine if Samara from the ring, right, was standing right in front of you. That's exactly what we're looking at here. And yes, I'm going to be pulling from horror movies galore because why not? (laughs) As you take a look, luther you just see this figure just stumble in and shirley is just sweetheart i know that not talking and your kids have your fancy what they call cell phones and whatnot but i need you to verbalize what is going on here and anything and this figure just continues to walk towards you luther and to shirley as well and shirley backs up a little bit as is like now, Luther, I don't want you to go full lethal force here, but I just be ready. I'll put it. I'll put in some extra bacon for you if you help me out with this.
1: <laughs> kind of wink, wink and a nod. back to I Get
4: Luther to do what you want, bribing with bacon. Julie noted. <laughs>
1: bacon and coffee. So makes the world go round.
4: Bacon, I really agree with. Coffee, eh, coffee's kind of eh. Oh, um,
0: what it's like to be young again.
4: Bacon <laughs> <Coffee laughs> is bitter. That's
0: fair, but trust me, it becomes your lifeline as you get older. But anyways, so Luther, as Shirley asks you to be prepared for anything, this figure just walks on over closer and closer to you until it stops. And then after a brief moment of sudden silence and the piercing gaze of onlookers in the diner, looking at this individual, they fall forward a little bit and just... Faceplant onto the floor.
1: Um, I guess initially as Zulithra, he not so much jumps up as just gradually stands, slowly goes over to kind of look out, see what's going on, make sure that she is breathing, there's a pulse, that kind of thing. Just summing up, or not summing up, out the situation, he's noticing the scars, the just disheveled appearance. Maybe that's uh, releases. Can I go give me a, some water, maybe a warm rag? Let's see if we can clean some of her, some of this up a little bit. Oh,
0: for sh- Oh, for sure, darling. And she
1: just goes over.
0: So Luther, as you are l- examining and taking a more investigative approach to looking over this figure, why don't you go ahead and roll investigative mystery for me? Trust me, this move is going to be used a lot in this game ladies and germs and non-binary peoples of the world. So once again, you are rolling for plus sharps. So let's see what happens. Please let it be good.
1: Sharp, that's <laughs> a 12.
0: Oh, shit! Yeah. Okay.
1: That, that, oh. that, that picks up from the other one.
0: Oh, okay. So this is... okay. So there's two effects with this. So initially, because you got a 10+, plus, you get to hold two. So underneath in the Investigate a Mystery there are a set of questions that you can ask the lore keeper myself about what is currently in front, but actually, yeah. So you get a plus two. So that's going to, you get to hold two and get to ask me two questions. So this is going to be good. Luther, if you like, I can read the questions to you or if you are looking at them, you can just ask me.
1: Uh, Let's see. I'll make sure I've got them in the right spot here. I don't think I am. Go ahead and read them. I'm trying to, Make sure I'm on the right spot on my, my
0: sheet. Okay. So since you rolled a 10 or more, right. you get to hold a 2, which means you can ask me two of the following questions about what the scene in front of you. So what happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What was it going to do? And one of my favorite questions, what is being concealed here?
1: Oh, well, yes. So what's going on here to start with? It's just let's get from the vantage point of the fourth wall.
0: When you describe it like that's exactly how (laughs) this works. So it's actually pretty good. Alrighty. So what is going so what is going on? So, Luther, as you are waiting for Shirley to return with some water for this individual that has now passed out on the floor, you just gingerly take a glance over. You notice that this individual, given their well appearance with the tattered clothes, a bunch of scratches all over, bruises on certain parts of the body, you also notice that their shoes are a little bit have seen better days. They look like they have been worn and torn all over the place and things like that. And as you take a further look, you also see that in this indivi- in this individual's hair. So she seems to have like twigs and leaves caked in there as well. So it seems that what is going on here is that the said individual looked to be in the forest not too long ago. And given the pieces of what you have, you pretty much can surmise that they were running through the woods. But with their disheveled appearance, they didn't seem to be going for a regular jog. They seemed to be running for their life of some sort. Go from the
1: beginning. Let's see. And would there be anything being concealed, I guess, would be the.
0: Honestly, this is one of my favorite questions because it allows me to play with. Some oh, yeah. lore here. I, it's, it's a very good one. All right. So what's being concealed here? So Luther, as you continue to make your inferences and connections in your line of logic, you take a deeper look at the bruises and, of course, just a little bit of light discoloration seems to be bumped against something. But as you take a look further, that once you get to her wrist, there is a little bit of bruising on her left wrist. But as you take a closer look, that bruises in general don't have any definitive shape. They just appear based on how hard and how many blood vessels are broken and the discoloration that happens with it. But as you take a look at this bruise, so to speak, you notice that the discoloration is the same as a normal bruise, so like black and blue, so to speak. But for some odd reason, there is a finite shape of what looks to be like a five-leaf clover outlined in the discoloration of her bruise given on her wrist. And strangely enough, as you look at this five-leaf clover, you also see that upon further inspection and giving it a closer look, you see the faint outline of what looks to be a drawn-on red eyeball.
1: <laughs> red eyeball? Okay. That is very interesting. Not something you you see every day. But I'm guessing as we're checking this out and noticing this, I'm guessing Shirley's back with the water towel and whatnot, and now yeah, Shirley... What's this look like to you?
0: Shirley kind of takes a look at it. Says, I can't, I re- can't really tell you, hun. I it looks to be like this, these newfangled tattoo that these kids are getting these days, but hold on a minute. And Shirley kind of takes a look at this figure. Hold on a second. She gingerly moves the hair out of the face that was covering this female individual. And as soon as she like unfurls the hair to give more of the face beneath it, you just hear Shirley audibly gasp. She's going to just cut her mouth a little bit and she's hold on a sec. And she rollerblades over to the town bulletin board inside the diner, rips a page off and comes back over to you, Luther. And she looks at the individual, looks at the paper, looks at the individual again, looks at the paper one more time, looks at the individual, looks at you. And she says, "Hun, I don't know how to tell you this, but I think we found the missing girl that has been gone for a couple of days. And she turns the paper around so you can see it. So Duskvale in general is a very small town. While it is a little bigger than most secluded towns located sequestered in the forest, that mountainous region across the United States, It is small enough where everybody knows everybody and for a lesser extent, everybody knows everybody's business.
4: (laughs) we, We live in one of those towns where nobody keeps their nose out of anybody's business.
0: That's the economy of how it goes half the time. But Luther, as you're taking a look at this paper, you notice that it is a missing person's flyer. And sure enough, as Shirley has described, it is the picture on the missing person's flyer and the individual that is laid passed out on the diner floor Is an exact match for a one Talia for Sinsa. So the last name is F O R S I N S A. So Talia for Sinsa. And she is a local girl, a local high school student that went missing about a week ago. And now she is currently laying on the floor in front of you.
1: Shit. That is Talia. I'd given up on anybody ever hearing back from her. We figure she'd just kind of left town. I guess we should call and let the authorities know that she's here. Can I borrow your phone? I'll go ahead and call them. You can tend to the rest of the, the your customers.
0: Sure, hon. The phone's in the back.
1: <laughs> Don't let her go anywhere. I won't. <laughs> uh, Luther's going to go back, and I guess... Dial and let the appropriate authorities know that Miss Talia has stumbled back into the diner and appears to be somewhat worse for wear.
0: And so the operator's like, all right, I will send an ambulance your way. I was just like, I just need you to stay on the line, sir, until they arrived. And then just, of course. As someone who knows someone who works as a 911 operator, the typical questions is, are they breathing? What's the current situation? All that good stuff. And after some time, the paramedics arrive, they take a look at Talia and of course they load her up into the ambulance after initial checking is done. One of the paramedics turns over to you, Luther, and says we're still trying to notify her next of kin, but do you mind following us to the hospital? I'm pretty sure the sheriff may have questions for you.
1: Shirley, I need my coffee to go.
0: And before you say anything, she just hands you a bag and the coffee cup to go. She's like, I already got I got you, hun.
1: That's why I love you, my dear.
4: What's her name again? Shirley?
1: Shirley. Yep. (laughs) Shirley's the...
4: Shirley is the best NPC so far. We must protect Shirley. Shirley is awesome. I love her already.
0: I love me a good waitress character. But yes, Luther, you take your coffee to go and your bag and you head on over to Duskvale Memorial, where after initial intake, they wheel in Talia and get her all situated. A couple hours pass by and you kind of finish answering the sheriff's questions. For a little bit. Ooh, this is gonna be fun. So, Luther, as you are finishing up with the sheriff, you notice that down the hallway, coming through the front door, a it is a small town, so it's not uncommon, but you that you really don't see this individual apart from certain times of the day. But walking into the hospital, Luther, you see a elderly gentleman dressed in all black. Kind of attire. He has a white copper bun around his neck where the collar should be. You see a giant kind of faded golden cross hanging around his neck. For all intents and purposes, this is a priest. But More importantly, this is one father for Sinsa, a.k.a. Talia's dad. (laughs) So Talia is a preacher or is. Yeah, I will say preacher because I can't say priest because priests aren't allowed to have children. It's a weird thing in the Catholic faith that somebody who is one. So priests can't, but preachers can. So this is Father Forsinza, who is a preacher. He is the head of probably the biggest church and the only church in Duskville. I'm going to just put it out there. Everybody knows Father Forsinza. He is a bit of a old school person and very school of hard knocks type of guy. Like, no nonsense, to the point. But also has, like, the spirit of a southern bell lady is, if you ever hear bless your heart from him, you better run the other way, because that is, nothing good happens when you get told, oh, bless your heart.
4: (laughs) So basically what I'm hearing is, keep a knife on us, around this guy, God. Yeah, so, as Father Forzinsa
0: walks up, he turns to you, Luther, and says, I have been told you are the one that found my daughter and took her here is you have my thanks and just respectfully bows to you.
1: I appreciate that. It's more so that she found us. I was just waiting for breakfast this morning when she kind of stumbled in and just collapsed. I know we've, everybody's been looking for her for, for a while and I'm sure you're much relieved to, at least know where she is now, at least.
0: I am grateful and I'm sure we have a lot to talk about, but I'm I must see her real quick. Excuse me. And the good old father just goes down the hallway in a hurriedly fashion over to where Talia's room is. And as you see this scene, another doctor look over his shoulder as father for Sinsa is walking into the room and just turns to you, Luther, and walks over and says, Well, Luther, you cease to amaze me of your skills and how you find yourself finding missing people. Now, Luther, you are quite aware of this doctor. In fact, the two of you are Probably the closest in terms of this is your best friend, your homie, for a better lack of a term. This is Dr. Lozano and Dr. Lozano is the head of Duskville Memorial. He is also your... Come after visiting hours, a doctor, in case you need to get stitched up from your excursions, as we like to call them. Dr. Lozano just turns to you Luther and says, something doesn't seem right here. (laughs) I've never fully trusted the good old father.
1: thats I've always seemed like something was off, but I never really. Other things I tend to focus on. But what happened to her? Is there anything you can... Share, I know protocols and whatnot, but just the bruising was very unique.
0: Doctor Lozano looks around. It's here at Desville Memorial. We have to keep our patients' confidentiality a secret, and this information can't get out. And as he continues, like the typical, like Hippocratic oath spiel, he slides over like a Manila folder, to you, and then he
4: hear nothing. I'm not saying nothing. I know <laughs> nothing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I can't really disclose this information, Yada, while sliding the manila folder over to
1: you. I'll be sure and check this out later. Excellent.
0: So, Luther, you take the manila folder, and as you are walking out, all of a sudden, you start to hear some monitors go off as you are about to step out of the hospital. And as you turn around, you just see Dr. Lozano and a couple of nurses like hauling ass to Talia's room.
1: (laughs) I guess try to observe as closely as I can without being in the way. Just trying to make sure everything's (laughs) kosher.
0: Okay. So as you try to get as close as you can, you hear first, you hear the monitors go crazy. More importantly, You see the good old father for Sitsa has now is sitting on the floor looking in abject horror. And as you peer your head a little bit further, you see the nurses and the Dr. Lozano that Talia is starting to convulse in her (laughs) bed. But more importantly, as you take a closer look, granted, she has a bunch of she has a couple of bruises she scratched up from her romp through the forest, apparently. But as you take a look at closer of her eyes, you see that they're kind of glazed over in very white. And so, uh, picture this, right? This is essentially like The Exorcist, right? <laughs> so, just seized, you just see her hair begin to float up a little bit, as if it's defined all laws of physics and gravity. And you just hear just constantly over and over again. You just hear that the seals will be undone. The seals will be undone. The seals will be undone. And as you're taking a look at this, one of the nurses is sorry and closes it as they try. And you just hear this cacophony of Talia's voice continuing to say that with Dr. Lozano and the nurses, with Dr. Lozano giving the nurses things to do that, to strap her down and get her in. And as you continue to do that, you just suddenly hear her heart monitor flat line. And after a couple minutes and some failed resuscitations, Dr. Lozano opens up the curtain. <laughs> he kind of walks out. He walks out of the curtain. He looks at the nurses and says, time of death. 10.05 in the morning. <laughs> Talia Fordzica has officially died. And for the rest of you, because this is a small town, all of you have some sort of—I'm assuming everyone has some sort of electronic device of some sort, whether they use it all the time or not. It's a different story. Now, granted, everybody in the small town
4: has a broken device because
0: that's (laughs) scientists. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So, as all of you are going about your day, you get a ping on your electronic device. Everyone in this town is subscribed to the mysterious news art the news writer for the newspaper Angel Angel Dust is her their full gnome de plume, so to speak. <laughs> so as you each get a ding from Angel Dust, for some odd reason, they you see that missing, you see the headline Missing Girl Found only to die moments later.
4: <laughs> Did you just make a has been? Hotel reference. No. Angel dust.
0: But I can see that, but.
4: Angel dust.
0: I didn't. Now, if I'm being completely honest, Angel is also because I'm a big Scooby-Doo person. Mystery Incorporated, the radio host, Angel, is like my big inspiration for this character, for this newspaper writer. So I just added dust because it was fun. See,
4: see, I hope I get your name right. Dakota. Dakota and me had the same fucking wavelength thought where it's just like, why are we bringing Has Been Hotel into this? But you know what? Has Been Hotel would do great in dustville if we're being completely honest. Tell me I'm wrong. They would fit in no fucking problem in Duskvale. Period.
0: Just but yes. Your father you're wrong. Uh, nope. Afterwards. You can fight afterwards, not now.
4: Fine. That doesn't mean I'm going to play nice.
0: But as each of you get a pig notification from Angel Dust, the headline says. Teen girl found only to die moments later, giving you the details of what exactly happened. And as each of you read this again, small town, most of you didn't know Talia too well. But the fact that something happened to this quiet little tourist town ever <laughs> it, to this extent is interesting
4: about the article. Because I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Is Luther mentioned in it at all? Like, at all by name? I'm curious? I'm just curious because if I recall, Luther thinks Cameron is dead. If I think was the one that was on his feet. My sh... I think... I th- was it?
0: So... I rolled to I see... Think- e- so I rolled to see... The- Evens... Luther's name was mentioned in the article. Odds, it wasn't. I rolled three, so therefore the article does not mention Luther by name. The only thing that the article says is that a local resident found Talia at the local diner and because Angel, while being the gossip blog of this little town so to speak, they respect their sources and confidentiality. (laughs) So, They did give a descriptor of a local resident who found Talia at the diner, but Luther's name is not mentioned. And, of course, Luther would like to keep it that way.
4: (laughs) I was going to say, I was going to say, would on that description alone, because obviously Cameron has family photos of his family. Would that description ring the bell of what Luther looked like in the picture that he has of Luther? Out of curiosity.
0: I'm going to say no, because... All the article states that it's a local resident, but it doesn't give any details of like descriptors of what they look like age-wise, height-wise, all that stuff. Because again, Angel likes to protect her sources. And so So, just that general description, but nothing else.
4: So Cameron is going to get curious, like in English, obviously, not that he's supposed to leave work. And he's going to head to the diner to see what he can find out from the i can't remember the word
0: now the waitress okay cam you begin walking over to the diner the rest of you are still going about your day as you all are going about your day danny you're currently in the middle of your shift at newcomers books and games and of course you have a your book sitting on the counter as you are taking care of, of customers, you know, helping them get set up as they're learning the rules for their first time playing Munchkin yeah. and whatnot, you return to the counter and you start to see Apeggio in the book begin to vibrate a little bit. And in the most quietest you have ever heard of Apeggio all your lifetime, knowing him is Danny. I need you to go to the back real quick. I need to talk to you about something.
2: Okay. Uh, Danny is going to grab Apeggio uh, and his coffee mug. And head towards the back.
0: So as you head to the pack, Apeggio says, Hey, I need you to turn me to this particular page, please. We're going to need to chat.
2: Okay. Danny will begrudgingly, with more ceremony than is needed, because he's the only one seeing this, will do that. And open it up and flutter the pages open and then make a big show of going to the right page for the drama. (laughs)
0: Love it. So, Danny, as you flutter through the pages with, Some panache and flair love that, by the way, (laughs) you start to see that as you're flipping the pages to get to the correct one that Apeggio asked you to, you start to see words and letters begin to coalesce off the page a little bit and begin to float around. And as you get to the right page that these words and letters begin to take a physical form and as they swirl together and dissipate, standing in front of you is Apeggio. Who, for all intents and purposes, is an ink monster. So he is a, hu- he's in humanoid form. He's dressed like in this black and gray scale vest and slacks and tie. He's got some suspenders and a little bow tie around it. His hair is black, but tw- he has it like in a pompadour kind of situation, extending forward a little bit. But because he is an ink monster, towards the front end of the pompadour, you just see like, Ink droplets continuously drop and hit the floor, but they disappear as soon as they hit. So think of him as basically, I guess the best way to put it, to use a modern example, think of him as like Bendy from Bendy and the Ink Machine, but not as crazy and not as bloodthirsty.
2: Yeah, Chief, I was going for as you were describing him. So, yeah, that's exactly. Perfect. Love it. Love it.
0: <laughs> and so Apeggio takes physical form This is like Danny in the words of that. What's that called? That. Nova Star, Star Wars, that movie that we watched the other night, I sense a disturbance in the force.
2: <laughs> oh, okay, Gio, because I've got a bad feeling about this. So, what's going on?
0: So, Danny, of course, you know me and you have a special bond here, and I can, I'm not the only one that is out there talking to folks out here. I'm in your book. I'm in the book. There's other people and other things, but I, you know what? It's better if I show you real quick. And Apeggio holds out his blobby hand and it's just, I need to, of course, I need to ask you for consent because consent is sexy, ladies and gentlemen, and non-binary folks. I need you to hold my hand real
2: quick. First of all, thank you for asking for consent because consent is in fact sexy. So yes. And yeah, Danny's going to reach his hand out and take, I want that Bendy, take Apeggio's hand between his little fingers to hold it. Yep. Just like that little boop.
0: Okay so as soon as you grab apeggio's appendage, I guess is the best way to put it his little finger
2: <laughs> Gross.
0: this is a great time. So as soon as you grab apeggio's hand, you your surroundings begin to change a little bit. No longer do does the back room appear you start to see it fade out a little bit and be covered in what seems to be this violet and indigo kind of color. Subspace is the best way to describe it. It's very ethereal. It's very cold as well. And as you are taking a look underneath you, that you and Apeggio look to be standing on some sort of reflective surface, essentially like a giant mirror. And as you take a look, you see the same scene that Luther saw with Talia and the three seals. And but as you are taking a look at the scene, you start to see that the image begins to distort and change a little bit as Talia's voice continues to say the three seals will be unleashed. You see what looks to be you, your brother Max, Mason, Cam, Luther, and to be edited in later, the professor's character's name. (laughs) The Chosen One, as he has been given the nickname, unfortunately, that the six of you are battered and torn apart and bruised. You look to be on your last legs as you look to be fighting, look to be three different entities shrouded in three different colors. You can't really quite make out the more physical descriptions of these three things. But one is bathed in the sinister red kind of light. One is bathed in a bright yellow light. And one is bathed in a kind of darker blue kind of light. So essentially, these three entities, each of them is bathed, and the three of them together are basically like primary colors. And as you continue to view this image, as you look up, because you hear the what looks to be the audible whisper of the ghost that goes as if they're breathing. And yeah. So as you look up, dead in front of you in a very spectral form is a, the visage of Talia. And she just looks at you and says, so question it's Danny, but will his full name be Daniel, so to speak?
2: Sure. Yeah, that works.
0: Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. So as you look, it's Talia. She goes, Daniel Calaveras, you and your friends need to help me. I Dusk Veil's in danger and you are the only six that I can contact that will help me out. And that is where we're going to end tonight.
2: <laughs> Ooh, love it. Awesome. I'm ready.
0: So. When we come back with the next episode, obviously, the first thing we're going to rewind the clock a little bit and we're going to get the John's character introduction and what they are doing. And then we're going to see what the ghostly visage of Talia has in store, not only for Danny, but for the rest of the group. What is this ethereal space? What are these three mysterious figures that our hunters are fighting? Do Are Talia's intentions good or not? In order to answer all these questions or more, you're going to have to come back for the next episode of Duskvale, a Monster of the Week actual play podcast. As always, from me and all of my lovely players, remember, from all of us here at Vibe Tribe, take care of each other, love one another, and as always, let the good times roll. Until the next episode, we will see you later. This has been a Vibe Tribe production. Remember, take care of each other, love one another, and as always, keep those good times rolling. We'll see you next time.